Amen. I rejoice in that. And uh, if you didn't get to participate in that outreach, there's another one coming up July the 9th. It's going to be a women's outreach to Big Fish Ministry. Uh, donated items are still needed. Snack foods, paper towels, paper napkins, toilet paper, uh, those type of products. So if you're able, uh, there's uh, a box out front, a place where you can drop those off, and those will be delivered on the 9th of July. So don't forget about that. If you want any details, uh, additional, please see Sister Tammy, and she will get you lined up on that. But Romans chapter number 1, verse 17 is where we'll take our text. Very familiar passage, and we're going to read one verse of Scripture. And that'll be it. We'll park out right here and preach. Uh, I was wondering, Lord, why are you having me preach this simple, just preaching to the choir tonight? Um, well, you know, just, just hear the bedrock of Christianity. If we miss this, church, we miss the entire boat. Uh, and I, I just, Lord, why, why, why? I want to preach something different. The Lord kept bringing this verse back to me and and now I know. Uh, but God knows what's best all along, church. Amen. Amen. But Romans 1 and 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. That's what I want to preach on tonight. The Lord will help us for a few moments on the just shall live by faith. Father, we pray that you add your blessings. To the word of God. Anoint us now, O God, to deliver what you've delivered unto me. God, as always, I am nothing without you. But God, I pray tonight that it would be your words and your life issuing out of me. Father, I'm just the conduit. God, I'm just the vessel through which you flow and you operate. I'm asking, O God, that Corey not hinder anything. But O God, the words of life may be issued tonight. Father, your word says the word of God will not return void. And I pray, oh God, that you would be glorified tonight and we're going to give you all the praise in Jesus' name that we pray. And the church says, amen. amen. And amen. The just shall live by faith, no doubt. Many of you can quote that verse of Scripture. But I have come to realize that Scriptures like this is a whole lot easier to quote than it is to apply and to live. It's easy to pick up Scriptures and just just quote it and have a head knowledge about Scripture, but it's something totally different to put a, 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 a spike down in it and stand on the Scripture when you've got nothing else to stand on. Amen. And we're living in a world where our options of things to be able to stand on, it, it, there, there's never been more things to stand upon and build a foundation upon, but things that are lasting, things that are eternal, Amen. It, it seems to be going down by the day in this evil and untoward generation. That's why we have got to stand on the Word of God. Amen. When we can't stand on anything else, we've got the Word of God. And the Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but the Word of God is going to abide forever. And so I, I want to look at those six words tonight. And I, I want us to break down the Scripture, look at a couple different places in Scripture tonight. But we are admonished, the just shall live by faith. Let's look at that word, or those words, the just. It's not addressing the heathen. It's not addressing the rank sinner. It's not addressing the drunkard or the prostitute or the, the homosexual. This is dealing with the church. This is dealing with those that are born again. And if we're going to please God, 
We are going to have to live by faith. The word just means to be righteous, to be observing divine laws. It means to be upright, righteous, virtuous, and one who keeps the commandments of God. This verse, as I mentioned, is not for the sinner, but it is for the saints and of those that have been called out, those that are just before God and for that group, for the elect of God that has been called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. God gives a command. The just shall. It doesn't say have the possibility to or they should or they might. But this is a requirement and a mandate from God. If you're going to consider yourself the bride of Christ, there is a way that you're going to have to live. And it's not to live in fear. It's not to live in cowardice. It's not to live as the unmentionables in the world, but it's to be anchored and rooted and grounded in Christ. Christ has given us a command. The just, the born again. We shall. What shall we do? We should live, which means to dwell, to abide, or to reveal. There is a way to live in this world. There is a way that we are to conduct ourselves. There is a place that we are to abide. And what is that place? That is in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. The just shall live by faith. That word or phrase, by faith, means the belief or the predominant idea or trust. Of trust or confidence. Whether in God or in Christ, springing up from faith in the same. Hallelujah. Amen. It is the confidence that the believers have in God. And we are admonished that the church, the just, must live in that confidence. One version wrote this. The just man or the righteous man shall live by his confidence in God. His confidence in God. 1 John uh, 5 and 13 says, These things have I written unto you, that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. This is the unshaking confidence that we have in God that when we pray, He hears. And when He hears, we have confidence, Brother Daniel, that He will answer. We must have unwavering confidence in who our God is and what His Word says and what power He holds in our hands. I have no confidence in this world's governing bodies. I have no confidence in the World Health Organization. I have no confidence in the economic plans that have been devised by the cronies around this world. My confidence does not stand in the wisdom of man but just like the Apostle Paul, it stands in the power and the authority and the dominion of God Almighty. And while I have very little to no confidence in man, I have all confidence, all belief, amen, all assurance in the power of my God. And that's the place that God wants to bring us to as believers. When we don't have confidence in anything else, yeah. yes. Yes. 
we can have confidence in who He is and what He desires to do. We must have confidence in who God is. The Bible tells us in Revelations 1 and 18 that He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Think about that verse. He's the start of the story and He's the end of the story. No fleshly man can have those credentials. You had your place and your moment in time and history and there were some that come before you and there, if God tarries His coming, is going to be somebody that's born after you. But God said, I started this thing. It started with me. And in all of eternity, amen, when time runs out, I'm still going to be alive and on my throne. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the ending. Another place said that He's the first and the last. How is that a possibility? He is the great I am that I am. Not I was that I was. Not that I will be that I will be. But the I am. For Abraham, He was I am. For Moses, He was I am. And for little old me in 2022, He is still the great I am. There is no other God or power that has His authority, His dominion, or control. We've got to have confidence in who He is. There is no other power greater than Him. There is no other God greater than Him. There is no other being that is higher than Him. Oh, He said in the Word of God when He could swear by none greater, He swear by Himself. There is no higher authority that he has to appeal to or he has to look to. He is the supreme architect of the universe. Amen. Kings rise and kings fall. But the Lord God Almighty, he will abide forever and our confidence must be in who our God is. Not only should we have confidence in who God is, we must have confidence in what God says. It's one thing to believe God is. There's heathens that believe there's a God. There's a billion people around the planet, maybe more, praying to Allah. As ignorant as they are to the one true God, they believe there's a God. They just don't know the one true God. Anybody can believe there's a God. But it's something altogether different to believe and obey what our God says. That's where the sheep is separated from the goats. And the wheat is separated from the tares. Amen. When you honor and you respect life, and we see all the uproar in our country that we saw last week. Make no mistake about it. The sheep's being separated from the goats. Say amen to me, somebody. Amen. We must believe in the power and the authority of our God. But even the devil believes in a God. Even he believes. He knows that he has no power. Where the rubber meets the road for us is when we make the cohesive choice to obey the Word of God. It is then 
that the gospel has power in our lives. The gospel has no power until the gospel is applied. I love the analogy that Brother Eddie uses with the bar of soap. You can be stinking, dirty, and filthy from head to toe. And you can go to the store and you can buy you a bar of Irish Spring soap. And you can buy that soap and you can look at that soap and say, Here lies the answer to clean me up. And you can take that bar of soap and put it on the mantle. And it can be the last thing that you see before you close your eyes at night. And it can be the first thing that you see when your eyes pop open in the morning. I mean, you can look at that. You can put it in your pocket and carry it to work with you. You can put it on the, the dinner table beside you when you eat supper at night. But just knowing about the power of the soap, it has no authority to change the condition that you're in. If you don't apply it, you're going to stink to the high heaven. Say amen to me, somebody. The gospel is the same exact way. I can know about the power of the Word of God, but there's no difference in this book and the book of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Amen to the carnal man. They have some of the same words, but Tom Sawyer don't have power to change their life. This book has no power to change your life until you actually crack open the book and you start to read the words of life and you realize there's something different about this book. Hallelujah. There's a power source connected. Why? Because it's more than words on the page. But it's about the eternal word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. When you read of this book. You are reading Christ. When you apply this book. You are applying Christ. When you live. Oh hallelujah. When you live in the word of God. You are living and abiding and dwelling in Christ Jesus. And the Word of God tells us that's the place where we have to live. The just shall live by faith in Christ. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. Meaning it's not changing. It's never going to change. I, I, I can't get off on a rabbit trail. Our Sunday school lesson this morning, or last Sunday rather, was on what Bible should we read? And it was dealing with it, and I can tell you our Sunday school lesson, it dealt with the King James, being the, the Bible, the gold standard of Bibles that we should read. But I began reading about the statistics and different versions of the Bible. And I began studying about the history of the Bible. It was the Bible Alliance that had the goal and the vision. I don't know why I'm here tonight. God help us. Amen. We'll swim upstream for a few minutes. But the Bible Alliance had the goal in the original start of their origin was to put the Bible into every known language on the earth. And it was their goal every year that they would roll out the Bible and a new language for a tribe that had never heard of the gospel, that never had a Bible to read. And every year their goal was to roll out a Bible and a new language. And somewhere uh, midstream in their project, they realized publishing companies got involved and they had a different scheme and a different idea than the Bible Alliance because they realized how much money could be made off selling Bibles. And so instead of continuing on that plan, 
of putting a Bible in a different language every year, they began to say, why don't we just make a new translation this year and get it an English-speaking translation that would make it a little bit easier to read and to understand? We can change some of the words and we can change some of the verbiage. We won't take anything away from the overall context of what we're trying to say, but we would then be able to sell a new version. And from that, you would then be able to put more translations into more people's hands. That sounds like, like an idea. But when they realized how much money that those translations could make uh, to the same audience. Uh, and they realized how much money was coming in from that. Uh, the overall plan of that alliance stopped. And so instead of a new, trans or a new language every year, the goal was a new translation in another year. And that's why you have translations right now, like the gangster translation of the Bible. When Jesus was in the, the garden and praying, and he says, your papa, it's your boy. How stupid and foolish is that? But that's the place that we've gotten to in society to where we're trying to dumb God down. Uh, and we're trying to water him down to fit uh, into our culture. And the big goal uh, is so that the, the Bible can be relevant uh, in every generation and every year. Can I tell you something? Uh, the Word of God always has been relevant. Uh, and the Word of God always will be relevant. Uh, we don't need to tinker and tinker with the Word of God. Uh, it is forever uh, settled in heaven. Uh, it matters not uh, what some theologian wants to do to change it and alter it. First it was altering words. Now they're changing verses. And in some translation they're taking it out of context. They're leaving it out of the Word of God in one particular version. I will not call the name, but 137 plus verses have been removed and taken out from Holy Script. Amen. Folks, we do not need to alter the Word of God. We need to let the Word of God alter us and change us. Oh my God, if I've got confidence in the Word of God, why do I want it to change it to fit my generation? Why do we get on fire and full of the Holy Ghost and change this generation to fit Him? Amen. That is the confidence that I have in Him. His Word is forever settled in heaven. Forever means forever. I didn't intend to get on that rabbit trail. But if I say I've got confidence in His Word, I need to put my money where my mouth is. I don't need to seek out another translation to try to fit me. I need to get in an altar and change me to fit the Word of God. I was talking to a man one time God has his doctorate degree. And he was talking about his particular translation. I'm not getting off on that tonight. But he said, your Bible is just so hard for me to understand. All the these and the thous, I just have trouble understanding that. And I looked at him and said, thee means you. Thou means you. What's so hard to understand? Don't you have a doctorate degree? At the time, I didn't even have a bachelor's degree. Amen. I was just thanking God to graduate high school. And if dumb little old me can understand thee and thou, then you with a doctorate degree 
It doesn't take rocket scientists and Einstein to try to figure out the Word of God. The problem is the Bible was spiritually written and must be spiritually discerned. It took men of old being moved upon and inspired by the Holy Ghost to write the Scriptures. If you want to understand that book, get full of the Holy Ghost. Get lost in the Spirit of God. He will illuminate Christ. He'll show you all the things that Christ has said. He is not the author of confusion. He came not to establish His own kingdom, but He come to shine the spotlight on the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't need a new translation. You just need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. His Word is forever settled in heaven. We must have confidence in His Word. Third, we must have confidence that God is able. We must have confidence in who He is, what His Word says. We must have confidence that He's able to do what He said that He can do. Now something that I've realized is when you come to me with a need, it's easy for me to believe for your need. But it's something altogether different when it's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's easy for me to have belief for you when my health isn't what's on the line of being put to the test. It's easy for me to say God is able when the doctor tells you you have six months to live or you have stage four cancer or your heart is out of rhythm. That's the noble and the, the, the spiritual thing to say is I'll be praying. But it's something altogether different when I get the report. When the doctor looks at me and says, I'm worried. Every symptom you've got sounds like lymphoma. Gets on the phone with the oncologist. This is what I'm seeing. Going to go in and do exploratory surgery. If it looks suspicious, I'm getting out. Sending him straight over to you. I can tell you, when you're the one in the trench warfare, it's something altogether different to have confidence that God is able. To have confidence that He is able. I mean, that's when faith is really put to the test. It's not how much you have faith in your heart to believe for somebody else, but it's about how your faith is able to stand when you're in the fire. And the test of your faith is what's happening. We must have faith. No matter the circumstance. No matter the condition or the situation. That God is able for me. It's easy to believe Him for you. Amen. But we must believe Him for ourselves. We must have confidence that our God tonight is able. 2 Timothy 1 and 12 says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded. In other words, I am confident that He is able to keep that which I committed unto Him even against that day. Hallelujah. When we put things in God's 
hands. We must have faith and assurance that He's good for it. And we must have confidence in Him that while I can't change my situation, while I can't change my circumstances, God, I put it in Your hands. And my faith does not stand in the wisdom of man, but it stands in the power of God. I am not able to lose myself. I am not able to heal my infirmities. I am not able to change the landscape of the problem that I see. But Lord, I'm putting it in your hands in full faith and full assurance that you are well able. This is the confidence I have. The just shall live by faith. In our text, we see the command that the just has to live by faith. Can I just say this? And I'll move on. There's no devil. There's no demon. There's no demonic spirit. There is no spirit of hell. There's no spirit of infirmity. There's no financial problem. There's no marital problem. There is no family problem. There is no problem under the sun that is too big for God. How many of you believe that tonight? 100% across this building believe that. Amen. And I'm preaching to myself tonight. If we truly believe that, then why do we worry so much? Why do I worry so much? When things come up that I can't understand, I don't understand and I can't control it, it's human nature to worry. It's human nature to fret over things that you can't control. It is human nature to respond in fear to circumstances that you don't have the answer to. But if we're born again and we're birthed birth from above and we are His and He is ours. Amen. We must not live with a spirit of fear but we must live in a spirit of faith. Amen. And confidence in Him that while I am not able, amen, God is able and He's able to keep that that I've committed unto Him even against that day. He is good for it and He is able. We're going to the basics tonight. What is faith? What is faith? You're exactly right, sis. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If I can see the answer, it requires absolutely no faith to believe for it. If I'm out of money... On Thursday at 11.59. But I know at 12 o'clock on Friday, the money's hitting my bank account. There's no really no reason for me to worry or fear. Because the end goal is in sight. I know it's going to hit at 12 o'clock. That requires no faith. But when it's 11.59 on Monday, and the check don't come to the bank until Friday at 12 o'clock, well, that leaves Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to live by faith. It is something altogether different to live by faith when you don't see the end game in sight. When you don't see the final puzzle piece to the puzzle. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence 
of things not seen. If I have what I need, no faith is required. If I can see the answer in sight, no faith is required. But when we can't see something and we, when we do not possess it, friend, that is where true faith in God is required. To believe. I don't know where the answer is coming from. I don't know when it is coming. But I believe God and my faith stands in Him. What is faith? It's praying and seeking God for something that you do not have the answer to. Where do I get faith? The Bible is very clear on this. You don't get faith from a get faith book. You don't get faith from the 12 steps to faith. You don't get faith from impartation. You don't get faith from sowing seed into somebody's ministry. All of those places are places where carnal man will lead you for you to try to find faith. But it won't lead to true faith. Because the Bible says in Romans 12 verse 3, For I say that through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as to God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. I cannot impart faith into you. And you cannot impart faith into me. God is the author of faith. God is the distributor of faith. And my Bible says that He has given unto every man not a measure of faith, but the measure of faith that he might believe. Do you want to know something? God has given unto me the same measure of faith that he gave to Smith Wigglesworth, to Jack Cole, then the Apostle Paul, then Peter, then James and John. You see, if we say that God gives unto that man a measure of faith, then he could give Peter and Paul a great measure for them to see the miracles that they saw. And if it's just a measure, he could give to me a much smaller measure. Then we could be able to blame God for the reason we don't see miracles and why we have little faith. The problem then would be God's problem and not ours. But the fact of the matter is, is He has given unto every man the same measure of faith to believe. He has given you as much faith as He has given unto me. He's given me as much faith as He's given unto Paul. So if you're saying, I need more faith in my life, amen, you can't get it from carnal man. You can't get it from a self-help book. Go to the author of faith and say, oh God, give me the measure of faith that I might believe. And don't be surprised if the answer is, He's already given you the measure of faith. If you have faith to believe, to be saved, it is by grace through faith that you are saved. If you have faith enough to believe Christ for salvation, then you have enough faith to believe God to raise the dead. If you have enough faith to be saved, you've got enough faith to open up blinded eyes. Oh, hallelujah. Tell Lazarus to come out of the grave. Amen. The faith is the same. It's about how we exercise and operate in the faith that makes all the difference in the world. Notice what the Bible says. Ask the question, where do we get it? It comes from God. How much faith do I really need? The Bible tells us very clearly how much faith you need. In Matthew 17, verse 20, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, but verily I say unto you, if you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove 
Hence the yonder place and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible to you. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? I remember as a boy, I was probably Harper's age, maybe a little younger, maybe a little more my pastor at the time. Went to Israel. Went over there on a Holy Land tour. And he brought us all back bookmarks. I've still got it somewhere. Can't put my finger on it to this very second, but I still have it. But I'll never forget it. He came back and he brought back a bag of mustard seeds. And when I say little, I mean little. Not much bigger than a grain of sand, if any bigger at all. It's very small. But the Bible says with faith that size, you can go to Mount Everest. And you can look at that mountain and say, uproot yourself and cast yourself into the sea. And you can move mountains. Do I believe it can happen? I believe it can happen. What's the practicality of you getting on a plane and going to Nepal, Kathmandu, wherever Mount Everest is, and putting a mustard seed in front of it and putting God to the test? The practicality of that is very small. But the fact of the matter is, is we all face mountains of impossibilities. The fact of the mountain is, the fact of the matter is, is that I have mountains in my life that it is just as impossible for me to change as it is for me to command Mount Everest to be cast out, cast up, cast out into the sea. You see, my impossible situations are just as big as Mount Everest is. But God said, if I have the faith, the size of a grain of a mustard seed, the mountains of impossibilities in my life have to go. Hallelujah. Have to flee at the name of Jesus. I began thinking on that several years ago. One of the greatest revelations God has given me to date. Nothing good here but God. But as I was pondering on that scripture, God, how can a seed the size of a grain of mustard conquer the mountain of impossibilities? And I'll never forget just pondering on that scripture, meditating on the Word of God. And God spoke to my heart and said, Seeds don't say, stay seeds forever. Seeds don't stay seeds forever. But when you, oh my God, when you put that seed into operation and you plant that seed in the ground and the, the sunlight hits it and the water penetrates that outer shell, what's small today will begin to germinate. And what germinates begin to grow. And the final product of that mustard seed uh, is a bush or a tree. You'll never be able to look back uh, on it and know uh, that it come, There's no way of knowing that it come from a seed that small. Uh, but when it grows, uh, it germinates and the conditions are right. Uh, amen. That which is small today uh, will be large tomorrow. Uh, and that is the exact way that our faith operates. Uh, God has given unto us uh, a measure of faith that man might believe. Uh, if we just, uh, like the bar of soap, if we don't put it into operation, uh, that's as big as our faith is ever going 
one that can't. But my God, when we put our faith to the test, amen, and when we put it in the ground, if a corn of wheat, amen, abides alone, amen, there's no fruit there. But when it does, amen, it bears much fruit, amen, there's going to be a corn stalk come up, and there's going to be fruit, amen, fruit to abide by. Faith is the exact same way when we put it into operation. What's small today can become large tomorrow, and that faith will constantly and continually grow. And you know what that mustard bush, that mustard tree will do? Put off more seeds. And it will multiply. Never despise the small beginnings. Never despise that. That's what can a, a little grain of mustard seed do? Without applying it, it can do absolutely nothing. But when you apply it, oh, that seed begins to germinate. Plant grows up and multiplies and multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. Faith is the exact same way. God has given unto every man the measure of faith that he might believe. When you face your mountain of impossibilities, you hold a mustard seed in your hand. But when you put it into operation, that the small today will begin to bloom and blossom and grow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you can say to that mountain of impossibility, that mountain of a medical crisis, that mountain of a marital or a family situation that's on the rocks, that mountain of financial hardship that you don't see, the, that there's not even a candlelight at the end of the tunnel. What do I do? You respond to it in faith. Hallelujah. With full confidence and assurance in God Almighty. Can I give you a key to the kingdom tonight? You will get nothing from God unless you walk in faith. It's faith that you're saved by grace through faith. You've got to put your faith and confidence in God to be saved. It's by faith that you're healed to believe the Scriptures that He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes, ye were healed. It takes faith to stand upon the Word of God. When everybody else says you're crazy, say, I'm not crazy. I'm standing on the Word of God. You're crazy for building your house on sinking sand. Amen. That the waves are going to come in and remove. Amen. It takes faith to stand and build upon the rock that's never changing. Oh my God. God, it takes faith to stand on the Word of God. It takes faith to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because if you listen to 80% of the church world out there, they'll tell you that Pentecost died with the apostles. Sensationalists. Tongues have stopped. The power of God has stopped. Miracles have stopped. That was just for a season. But then why did Peter, being inspired by the Holy Ghost, said this promise is for you and your children and to all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It takes faith to stand upon that promise and claim it as yours. 
It takes faith to build upon that and say, I don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost today, but I'm standing upon the promise that that promise is for me, that it is mine. Oh, and I'm going to seek God and pray until I'm filled with the fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It takes faith to stand upon the bedrock of Pentecost. If you don't have faith, it is for you. You're never going to receive it. But if you have faith in the third person, of the triune Godhead that He is alive, that He is our temple and He desires to fill us and baptize us with power then by faith you can receive this blessed gift from God. It all boils down to faith. Confidence in our God. How is it that we get free from depression Oppression from possession takes faith. Faith. Everything that we receive from God, faith, is a gift. It is a fruit of the Spirit of God. Faith. Hallelujah. Amen. You here tonight? It's a simple message. I'm, I'm done. I'm through. If I were preaching a series, this would be part one of about three, but I'm done. This is going back to the basics, beliefs, the ABCs of Christianity. Everything that we receive from God, everything that we get from God, its foundation is built upon unwavering confidence, faith and assurance in Him, in His power, and in His Word. If you don't have faith, the atheist and the agnostic will fall out in Genesis chapter number 3 when the snake talks. Call it a book of fairy tales. Call it a book of make-believe. But we have faith to believe. It's not a fairy tale. It is the engrafted Word of God that's able to save our souls. Do I believe that a snake talks? By faith I do. Thank God they don't talk anymore. People are scared enough of them as is. This preacher included. Don't like them. Do you believe everything in Scripture? Every. My mind is closed on any other theories, on any other doctrines that comes against and speaks contrary to the Word of God, both in the church as well as out of the church. This is my only hope. In the business world, you're told to not put all of your eggs in one basket. In the financial sector, you were told to diversify your portfolio. I can tell you when it comes to faith in God, all of my eggs are in His basket. If He fails, I'm doomed. But can I tell you something? He never has failed. Hallelujah. He is not failing today and He is not going to fail tomorrow. Hallelujah. When the lion, devil, the false prophet, the beast, 
the Antichrist, they're all in the lake of fire. Amen. We're forever going to be worshiping around the throne of God saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Amen. Do you really believe that, Pastor? With every ounce of faith within me, I believe it. And there's a lot of ounces in this body. Say amen to me, somebody. But every single one of them believe. Hallelujah. I have confidence in Him tonight. Amen. I'm living by faith in the Son of God. There's some of you tonight, you need miracles. Some of you need liberty. Some of you need to be set free. Some of you don't know where the answer's coming from. And you pray and you prayed and you prayed a thousand times. What's the answer? Pray a thousand and one and put more faith in Him today than you did yesterday. And it just might be today that faith is the key that unlocks the door. Oh, hallelujah, that you can knock and it shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Amen. Come tonight. Believe in God in full faith and assurance nothing down and not wavering. The Bible says uh, that a, a, a double-minded man is unstable in his ways. Uh, put doubt aside. Uh, put fear aside. Uh, and put full confidence in Him. Uh, and there is not a single devil in hell uh, that can keep you bound. Faith. Assurance. And confidence. Amen. If you're there tonight, meet me in this altar. Come, believe in God. Respond in faith. Respond to the Word of God. Activate the mustard seed. Put it into operation tonight. And you can look at the mountain of impossibility. You can look at Mount Everest and say, Be gone! And tonight it happens. Tonight can be the night you're truly born again. Tonight can be the night you're healed. Tonight can be the night you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Tonight could be the night God fixes your family. Tonight could be the night that your financial heartbreak is fixed. Tonight could be the night that the unanswered prayer is answered. Amen. Amen.